Hey, welcome to Greenish. We're the podcast about sustainability that looks into the ways we can individually and collectively help make the world a little more green. In this episode, we'll be speaking with Bo Shepard and Kyle Dubay of Woodward Throwbacks. They're a sustainable design studio and architectural salvage warehouse that's looking to reclaim the city of Detroit. Together, we'll be taking a look at how they got their start and what it takes to go beyond the simple DIY. Your hosts this morning are Caitlin Lovells, Cecily Craker, and myself, Bethany Scully. We are chatting bright and early before the workday in the shop with Bo and Kyle. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having us. <laughs> and I'm turning this off. <laughs> it's really great to have you guys here. We're super excited to get to chat with you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Are you both Detroit natives? Uh, no, I grew up in Michigan. I grew up like in the Saginaw area and then Bo. <laughs> I grew up on the East Coast, uh, New York and New Jersey. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, I guess I'm technically Detroiter. I've been in the city for t- over 10 years. 2008 is when I moved down here. Yeah, I moved here like 2012. So I feel like this is definitely our home now, but we didn't grow up here. Yeah, going on 10 years average between the two of you. Yeah, I don't really see this movie anywhere else. Yeah, what drew you guys to Detroit? Um, I know for me, um, I moved down here to attend CCS, College for Creative Studies, to study transportation design. And so that's the North City capital world. Detroit was the best place for me. Yeah, I came down here like, so I grew up in like Saginaw, so I had like all these perceptions of Detroit and like what it is in a bad way. But as I was going to school, I kept hearing about like the art scene. It's like this underground, like creative culture there. And I was very intrigued. So visited one weekend and I was like, yeah, I, I have to move here. So yeah, see, I didn't know anything about Detroit really or Michigan. I didn't even know yeah, anything about Michigan, but it was really the school that that drew me. And then the rest was history. I have a confession. I did study history of jazz. It was one of my favorite subjects. And all of a sudden it clicked that Motown means Motor City. Once I moved here, I'm like, I'm such a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a car town, which I love yeah. cars, but obviously yeah. uh, we, we're I moving mean, away from that in a sustainable way. But there's amazing electric vehicles coming out of Detroit now, Rivian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have friends that work at Rivian um, and we're like, pretty big fans. I think that they're going to do really well. I'm so, Actually, I want one of their trucks. Too. I know. I was, yeah. I'm waiting for Kyle to like surprise me with a, with a SUV. <laughs> yeah. but, but going back, Detroit has a lot more to offer. I mean, like I said, you have the Motor City, but there's so much art and mm-hmm. uh, the music culture down here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so prevalent in the city. But a lot of people don't really know yeah. until they like do a little bit of research. Yeah, Detroit has really come up on like the up and up also. Like I love it down there now. Um, this is Cecily here. I'm in Denver, but I'm actually from the Saginaw area like you as well, Kyle. So oh, nice. hear you there. And I almost moved to Detroit before I moved to Denver. So yeah, I love it there too. There's lots of culture. And food. Yeah, it's a great it's a yes. great place to be. I think like yeah, the food's good. I mean the art's good. I feel like it kind of sucks right now because like everything's <laughs> closed, but hopefully everything will be able to open back up when uh, we come yeah. on the other side of all this. <laughs> yeah. well, it feels like the fate of the city has been very intertwined or parallel with what you guys have been doing and how you started. And Detroit was obviously going through bankruptcy and had a lot of abandoned buildings and was perhaps gritty and artistic still and a great music scene. But then there was also a lot of, it was a depressed city at the same time. Was that around when you were moving 
to the area? And then how long before you guys met each other or kind of even got on this journey? What's the what's the story there? How did you guys meet? Oh, wow. So we were living in Brush Park, which is a neighborhood just outside of downtown. <clears throat> and there was actually this abandoned park that a group of BMX bikers pretty much just like took over and made it their own. Um, so they were building ramps, you know, they were having neighborhood cleanups every weekend. And I just so happened to be there with some friends raking and Kyle just appeared on his bike and was just like, Hey, do you guys need some help? And so, yeah, yeah I had just, I had <laughs> just moved and like, like one of like those first spring days where people like go outside after like the long winter and I was just biking around. Like I, you know, there's mm-hmm. nothing in the city. It was just abandonment everywhere. And like, I rolled past like 30 kids, like shoveling and cleaning up a lot. And after riding around for an hour and seeing nobody, I was like, what's going on here? So I just stopped and well, he saw asked me. if they needed help. And then, uh, he saw yeah. me and he was just like, Ooh, who's that? <laughs> yeah. No, that's mm-hmm. not exactly how it went. <laughs> <Of> course, <duh. laughs> but, but yeah, then, uh, he's like, I wanted to help, but yeah, I wanted to meet some people. I didn't know anyone here, but it worked out. I met a it's few a cool people on that boat and a few other people. And then, um, yeah, it was, it was a small like community then too. Like there was a, like a lot fewer people down here living. So like you'd see the same people, at, like all the bars and all the events would be like, the same, like group of like 200 people. It seemed like, so it was Which kind is, of fun. It was really nice. Actually. I feel like there was a bigger sense of community back then mm. in the sense where like, if you saw people who you weren't exactly friends with, you didn't have their numbers, but you saw them, you Freak- recognize them. Yeah, frequent enough where you do a little head nod, mm-hmm. like, hey, what's up? You know yeah. what I mean? And everyone was just kind of like, you know, it was a lot of, it was so DIY. Like those kids like just took over that park and like, you know, they didn't have permission mm-hmm. to do it, but like who was going to stop them? It was an abandoned city park and they were cleaning it up. And like, so awesome. it was the same thing when we started doing what we were doing too. Like we were just taking stuff off the street that was just dumped there. So it was like, if yeah. anyone has an issue with that, I think we could tell them to like, you know, politely like f off yeah <laughs> yeah i was gonna say detroit's definitely like a an, a an area where it's like almost like a land of opportunity in a sense and the people who live here kind of mm-hmm. not are numb to like the decay of the city but at the same time they're just like you know what this is what our resources are i'm just gonna go for it and make like, do with it yeah yeah going through hard times that's something we hear like from our grandparents talking about hard times and there's been pockets in the U.S. that have had those kinds of moments. But I think Detroit has been a real example of that in our times where we haven't experienced such hardship generally. But yeah, you see the good and the bad and the opportunity, which you guys did. Yeah. And so Detroit's been like, you know, had hard times for like 70 years. And I think like, you know, for the few of us here who grew up in Michigan, like I think the whole state kind of reflects like the pain that Detroit has had. But Detroit definitely got hit way harder than anywhere else. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of it's cool seeing like this, um, like the come up of the city. It's also sad for us because we see like all these old buildings being destroyed constantly. And we're just like, yeah. hey, like, it'd be cool if you like maybe you just didn't destroy that building and just like boarded it up so someone could <laughs> fix it later on. But it's been interesting seeing the change. Yeah, it's, I don't want to jump ahead, but I'm like, is that what you guys are going to do next is retrofit whole buildings? Is there any interest in that? I mean, we've been doing that. Yeah, for, I was going like, to say, yeah. I mean, oh. me and Kyle, since we've been together, we've renovated multiple residential and commercial buildings. Mm. But now, you know, we're hoping to do it for more clients. more client based. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like we're the house we're in right now in Corktown, you know, we renovated this house 
And then we bought an abandoned building down the street um, <laughs> for like $30,000 like years ago. It was at wow. the last deal in that area. Yeah. That's what our real estate But the building was like awesome. falling down and it had been abandoned for like 10 years and stuff. And like we renovated that. And then that's where our shop was at. And then about six months into that, it was a little bit too small. So we bought our next building, which was also abandoned for like 10 years. And was probably like, if it would have left for another couple of years, abandoned, probably would have got torn down. Yeah, um, and there's an old car dealership right. and we, you know, fix that all up and that's where it's like our headquarters now. So, so we're kind of like already doing that. We definitely want to do more of that. It's just, um, mm-hmm. you know, Bo and I don't have financial backers. We have been doing this out of our own pocket and just hustling the whole way. So yeah. those jobs require a lot of money. Yeah. Like right now we're actually yeah. um, renovating a house in the North End. Uh, I don't know if you saw on Instagram, we're calling it the WT Philly house. Yeah. And that's going to be really special. But like I said, we don't have construction loans. It's pretty much the renovation stage is pretty much just whatever we have the funds for. So it's very out of pocket. Yeah. But that house is going to be really, really special. And I'm excited to get it completed. That'll be like a portfolio house. Yeah. Is that the one with the wrought iron gates on your Instagram? No, it's the... It's red brick. It actually looks like a house that should be in like Amsterdam. If you do hashtag WT Philly house, you'll see some of the progression of the house. So we just got new windows probably a couple months ago. We're starting electrical hopefully the next week. And then, yeah, after that, all the trays are going to go in. But we've been designing. So the design's actually pretty much done. Oh, my gosh. I see it. <gasps> it's beautiful. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. Yes. So cool. Yeah. The interior is going to be insane. Oh my gosh. This is the type of stuff that has to get you guys so excited, right? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, we love, we love doing that stuff. Like we always love to have like a, a big renovation project. So like this one's particularly exciting because we have a little bit more resources than we ever had before. And we have just like a really great like shop and team behind us. Now I think we're going to be able to execute our full vision where like every other time we've had a sacrifice something whether it's financially or just you know design wise because it wasn't in the works but now i think kind of the puzzles are kind of all coming together so this one's gonna be awesome yeah and i'm pretty much i've designed it head to toe i still have to show kyle my renderings for his approval but um (laughs) pretty much we really want most of the elements of the interior to be made out of either salvage or just reclaimed materials and so it's definitely gonna be challenging but we're really excited for it. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not going to look salvaged either. Like it's yeah. a very modern house, but we're just trying to challenge ourselves as like mm-hmm. designers and builders to like use as sustainable materials the whole way through. Are you guys planning to live in this house or is this one where it's just kind of a growth project, selling it and moving on to something else? Or is this kind of maybe a baby you're going to live in? We've been having the conversation about it. Um, so we're not sure. We're not sure. Answer. Yeah. Mm. I'd have a really hard time with this, <laughs> letting it go. <laughs> I know. Well, it just really depends on just financially because, like I said, we already have a house. And so it just really depends on how deep in the hole we are. And our house that we have is like in the most insane neighborhood where it would be so stupid to sell it. And mm. yeah. even though we don't necessarily want to stay in this neighborhood forever, like it's just... This will always be like our it's, income yeah. property if we decide to move somewhere else. Oh, nice. Good. Yeah. Good and we're in Corktown, just in case anyone is wondering, like, oh, where mm-hmm. do they live? <laughs> yeah. Like, we actually have the, um, in the front of our house, we have the Michigan Central train station, or we used to have it as 
a backdrop is actually a building that is being constructed as we speak. And then the back of our house, we have the skyline of downtown Detroit. So it's, it's pretty cool. Whenever, yeah, whenever you find your next step, you will be in good shape. But I think that your origin story for your relationship is pretty great that you were in the park cleaning up and it's obviously was very telling of the future of your partnership. But I was wondering, where did you guys both become super handy? Was that just um, hobby? And and I know you have design experience and from school, but with transportation, how did all that translate? Or who taught you this? Or were you self-taught? Well, for me, my dad's actually a general contractor uh, back in the city of New York. And so from a really young age, I've just always been on the job sites with them. And so... As I got older, being on a budget, I started doing my own little DIY projects, and he would actually come down to Detroit just to help me on some of those projects, which um, Hmm. was amazing just to have the experience of being self-taught from him, but kind of same thing with Kyle. Kyle's parents are... Yeah, my parents are also, like, handy, and, like, my dad has a a car shop in Saginaw, so... Oh, cool. You know, I grew up, like, reluctantly, like, helping down there, and then, you know, it's also, like, all his friends are, like tradesmen or contractors so like you know i say always the example like if we're putting the roof on the house like it's like me my brother my mom my dad and like his friends like we're all we're helping do all of it so you know just kind of like learning that stuff it's just part of like bone bone eyes dna it's just kind of like we, yeah. we worked with our hands we watched our parents work with our hands mm-hmm. and like we've also you know just over the last seven years learned so much just by doing it and that's how we've gotten better at it. There's no real trade school that we went to or any formal training. It's just mostly like learn it as you do it. Yeah. I think for me, I actually got my more appreciation for architecture and the houses in the city. It's actually when I first moved here in 2008, my dad and I actually bought a house in the North End. Um, we bought it for $3,000 mm-hmm. and he spent the summer with me. And oh my gosh. Renovated it from, I mean... We didn't like bring it down to the studs, but it was a full renovation. And so that was like my intro intro to like home renovation. And you lived there for like five years with, yeah. like, with like roommates and stuff. Too, we were so. in the hood too. So, <laughs> um, but it was an amazing experience. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. And like by taking these trade skills and applying them to, frankly, an incredible business model that's focused on sustainability that's really innovative. And that's really what's going to push the needle in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I think for us, when we started, you know, noticing all the legal dumping in the city, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty noticeable that all that material, if it wasn't ending up in the neighborhoods, it was gonna end up in a landfill. And so, you know, we took that material because we didn't want to see it go into landfill and start making furniture. Well, we're making more like decor. Yeah, it was more like the smaller signs. And now it's making furniture. But we made a couple like coffee tables and dining room tables for a house that's furniture. Yeah, we were mainly, I think just like from the beginning, it was always about like sustainability and the fact that like both like there was materials out there. There was no need for us to go buy anything. Like there was materials on our uh, Mm -hmm. disposal, like just in our neighborhood that we could grab. And like we were doing such small little things that like it was kind of awesome. Like it was like a, you know, part treasure hunt, part like... DIY experiment to see like how to make these materials usable as quickly as possible. And um, as things have grown, like we've realized that there's certain things we just don't want to do, like (laughs) make a thousand little signs every week. Like, so (laughs) we kept scaling the business to figure out ways that like we could do products and projects that were more like, I want to say beneficial, like 
financially, but also just like mentally and creatively that we want to take on. And, um, you know, that's constantly evolving. We're constantly figuring out like what's the next steps for us and, you know, what materials can we bring on? Like right now we're experimenting with like a lot of salvaged stone and salvaged metals and cork and just random random materials that you would never think about that could be reused or, or also used in the way that we're doing them. And that's what I really get excited about. And I'm excited for the future in that way, because we just have like so many cool things that we can do. And we're just like constantly creating with all the materials that we find. I like that you incorporated or included in that answer, the personal fulfillment portion, where you could just grow for the sake of growing. And, you know, it's, it's positive, because the more you grow, the more you're diverting from landfill, but it also matters that you guys don't burn out making a thousand tiny signs a week. And that's super important to your mental health and to keep you going. And a different kind of sustainability, it's sustainable for you. Personally, we have to think about that too. Yeah, too often we we see companies doing this just for the benefit of their profits and their growth and to not consider the truly restorative benefits of going deeper. And I, to see that in your business model is incredibly cool. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's inspiring. You were saying about, I know you've had some really big moments with giant orders or big collaborations and in the last few years, which what year exactly did you start with at a, becoming an official business? I think it was 2014. I feel like we can't really pinpoint. The other day. I think it was 13. I, I think, think it was, was like late, late 13. 13. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So pretty soon after you met, you guys were pretty much creating. And then in those years, like what were some of the biggest turning points or biggest moments where you felt like you had to define yourselves or make those tough decisions to to say yes and then to learn how to say no and do you have any of i guess either biggest learning moments or biggest exciting moments oh well there was like i mean there's so so many exciting (laughs) moments um i think our one exciting moments when we had this really our largest what's it called nationwide I think I know what you're talking about, but it was our largest. It was our first. It was our first. My bad. My bad. It was so long ago. Who knows? Um, (laughs) It was our first wholesale opportunity, and it was with Nordstrom's or Target? Nordstrom's. Yeah. um, But what makes the the story funny is that we actually did this order out of our house. So when we first started with Rex, we were back in brush park we had one car garage and we would we had portable like woodworking tools so we like back off the car and then we did all of our signs in there and then once we bought the court town house this house was our shop so like the garage is where the wood shop was our sunroom was the standing room the basement was the screen printing room and then the living room the kitchen was packaging it was a crazy yeah. it was a crazy uh, um what's it called operation. And I was actually working full time still. So oh my gosh, it was a lot, but well, we took that. So I think we did a Kickstarter and it got funded. Yeah. Which we made, made some good money on, but like looking back now, like it was not, it wasn't really that much. Yeah. And, um, but Nordstrom's buyer found us through that and was like, this is awesome. I love it. Um, I want to like sell this in our stores. So like they made an order and like, they definitely didn't, think that we were doing this out of our house like (laughs) um so we were just like yeah we can do it of course and we like had like pizza parties for friends and like had them like pizza and beers and had our friends like assembly line in it and you know we did it we got it out there and like that that was our first wholesale account ever was uh 
a national Nordstrom's order. That's a and, big uh, deal. Yeah. <laughs> then we did orders for like Target and yeah. other like big companies afterwards. We did like for like two or 300 like small companies that we were doing stuff for. And then like last year, we're like, yo, this sucks. Like we don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so we just stopped doing all that small stuff. And now we're just doing furniture and we just took the, we just took all that home decor stuff off our website i want to say within the past two weeks yeah um we mm-hmm. said we're done we're done we're moving on we're evolving yeah <laughs> good good i know it's kind of crazy to think that's how we like really started yeah even now your website being updated with new pieces that are coming in that you can't predict and that's just a lot of maintenance because you can't on occasion you might get quite a few of one type of item, but then other times you're getting one of a kind pieces. So it's, it is a lot of maintenance, but you, you have some incredible finds. So for people like me who like to keep up on that, follow you on Instagram and kind of peruse your website for cool new pieces. I'm about to read you my kitchen. So right now I'm still in the Pinterest <laughs> board mode, but I need nice. to get good at, yeah, keeping up on what you have. Cause it's not going to be there long. Right. Yeah, we're pretty fortunate lately. Like when we're trying to do launches like every Friday night, but we've been pretty fortunate that when we launch stuff, it generally is received well. And like if something's really cool and it pretty much goes, but we've been doing a lot more like stuff where we're going to be making like multiples of certain things. So like last mm-hmm. night or the night before, we did like the, the vintage wallpaper oh. print release. And like that was like 110 like one off prints on like vintage found wallpaper. But we sold those all in like an hour. So wow. sometimes they still do go fast, but we're going to be doing another set of mirrors here um, this, Friday. this Friday. And we won't sell those out right away, but like, you know, it's kind of fun to do like the small, but still like more than one off runs. Um, that's kind of like what we're trying to do more of in the future. Yeah. So you get quite a few leads now because there aren't as many dump sites. Hopefully that's true, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't, I certainly have, that perception that so much work has been done. The city's definitely cleaned up a lot. Yeah. Now you're getting leads and then you're getting relationships with builders and demo people, right? Yeah. And as well as homeowners, we actually get a lot of people from the community Mm -hmm. who are like, Hey, I'm renovating this space in my house, or I'm cleaning out my garage. I have all this material or I have this really cool door. So we're kind of getting material from everywhere. Well, yeah, everywhere. I think we're really, like noticed that like a lot of people would rather see it go to use than like see it get thrown away um, mm-hmm. contractors and like homeowners. But unfortunately still most of it does get thrown away and it's generally the bigger jobs where like there would be better to get into because there's more material for everyone. But it seems that like it's more of a nuisance for them to like have someone come in and remove it. So they just toss it. So that's something we're just trying to figure out. Yeah. And then for us, it's just like, we can't really take everything. We don't really yeah. have the space. I mean, it sounds like we have, when we say 24,000 square feet, like, wow, that sounds like a big facility. But at the same time, like, we're pretty capped when it comes to space. So that would be our next move is try to get like a large facility so we can take in more material and hopefully be able to design and build more furniture around the materials that we're getting. Have you ever tried to quantify how much material you think you've diverted from landfill? We no, tried a long time ago. Yeah, but it's, it's really it's hard. It's so hard, yeah. <laughs> so like some companies that do that, like you have to understand like they just like bring in like one type of material. Like they'll turn, up, turn on a barn mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, so it's just like, wood. Yeah. Where we have like wood, mm-hmm. metal, doors, sinks, 
Yeah. You know, everything. <laughs> a little bit of everything. He's yeah. got a whole bunch of slate chalkboards, like a ton. Like 200 of them. Oh my God, yeah. they're heavy. <laughs> <laughs> they are heavy. That, yeah, that's hard to quantify. Yeah. When it comes to tracking the material. So for instance, we got all of this slate, but that doesn't mean that we're going to get a whole bunch of more slate in the next couple of years. So this might be like a one-time opportunity, but when it comes to designing, we were thinking about maybe like cutting up into like smaller pieces so we can be able to apply it in a home setting, like black splash or countertops or, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of what we see ourselves doing with some of the materials that we're getting. Awesome. Wow. And, you know, like to me, Woodward throwbacks and you both as individuals seem to embody like much of the character Detroit is known for, you know, hardworking, tough, creative, community oriented, as you do with your projects. Um, what do you see for the future of your business and how do you, how does that intertwine with the future of your city? I think that's what we definitely had that um, before too. People think that we're very like Detroit embodied. And I will say like, we're a very blue collar company. And I think that we will kind of keep that element. Like even the people who work for us, you know, you have a lot of people who come to us all the time. And they're like, Oh, I love what you do. I want to work here. I'm like, okay, cool. But like, yo, we work <laughs> and all our employees work hard. It's hard work. And I think that, you know, that's something that we really value and that Bo and I lead by example with we're doing the, the hard work right beside um, people that we have employed for us. And I think as we grow, we're always going to be like this kind of like gritty, like blue collar company. And, you know, we're trying to do more and more stuff in the community as we grow too. Like we have this artist series that we've been doing for the last six months and that's all based around local companies and local artists and collaborating them on, you know, one-off product lines that are, you know, based off of certain types of salvage materials. So I think going forward, it's like just kind of doing what we're doing, but just, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. It's been really fun. And we're doing. This is Kyle's baby, by the way. Is, yeah. More my thing. <laughs> but See, he's an artist and I'm a designer. So what kind of collaboration? Um, say, what are the ones that we just did? Well, we, the wallpaper was one of them. And then we did some stuff with an artist, um, WC Bevan. He does a bunch of murals in Detroit where we've been saving all our old um, saw blades from the shop. So the table saw and the chop saw blades. And we've had like like 50 of them stacked up. So we did like custom one-off screen printed saw blades. And then we mounted them to some reclaimed wood circles that we made. And we made clocks out of them. So that was like one that went really well. Cool. And then we have some custom mirrors with a local artist that we're doing. And then we're also coat um, racks. doing these like really fun coat racks. So it's like this. He's not a street artist, but he designs like skateboards and like just really fun, like poppy art. And we're doing coat racks, but the wood is salvage bleacher wood from a local high school. And then we're going to have his art screen printed on it. And then the like modern style hooks are going to be added to it. So it's pretty much just functional art. It's yeah. like everyday home products, you know. Cool. It was a cool way to give some of the artists, you know, an intro to like, our clientele and then vice versa, like us getting exposed to like their audience too. And it's just a good way to work. Mm-hmm. Detroit's so, um, so close knit like that, that everyone business wise is always help, helping each other out. And, you know, I hope that continues for a while. Yeah. And not only are you featuring these incredible artists, but you are taking materials and adding history to these art pieces that are going to be, you know, loved forever. Yeah, for sure. And like the fun thing too, is that when we bring the artists through the studio, I think they come in with preconceived ideas, like what they're going to do. And then they come by and see all the materials that we have 
stashed away and all these different things and the stories behind it. And you can just kind of see in their eyes that their creativity is just going insane. And um, it's fun to bring more people into our realm because our employees all seem really stoked on the daily. They're like, yo, like we just get to do like so much like fun stuff here. It's a different thing every day. And we encourage everyone to be as creative as possible. Um, it's great bringing more people into like our little world. Yeah. Making, making is so fun and inspiring in it. Like making and creativity begets more making and creativity, which I think people see on Instagram and it's exciting. And we definitely have some of that can do YouTuber mentality in in this generation. I'm kind of lumping a couple generations together here, probably with these assumptions, but we're not really known for our calloused hands. And I'm sure when you're hiring and you've got enthusiastic people showing up and wanting to take part, it is kind of awkward when you guys are like, we work though, like this is work work. It's different. But yeah, you have to do some vetting then with your with all those enthusiastic applications you probably get. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. It's, yeah. it's a labor of love. <laughs> yeah. I was like, expect to go home sore. Yeah. And long hours. Yeah. I mean, we're not too bad about that, but like you're, you're working the full hours, like, you know, most yeah. people on their feet. I know the, the one girl who just started, Oh man. Um, she's like super tiny. And, um, <laughs> I was like, Hey, like you're going to be photographing these doors today. And she's like, okay. And then like, and like she had to move the doors around and I think she was like sore for a few days. Well, afterwards. Same, same thing with our new woodworker. When we're moving those slate um, yeah. sections from the school, we're like, hey, like one of our guys is off today. You know, can you chime in or jump in? And she was just like, yeah. And then she got to the job site and she was just like, whoa. She was just like, I was not prepared. And I'm like, girl, I was like, trust me, we won't be making you do this all the time. But there will be moments where you're going to have to help on a salvage job and it's it's a lot of work, but it's exciting. Yeah, I think like, yeah, you're excited when you get there. And like, you know, it's very exciting for everyone to come into these sites sometimes to find the material and get it. But then it's like, but then you have to get it out. And you have to put it in the truck and then you have to unload the truck and then process it. You know, there's a, but, a lot of steps afterwards. But we treat everyone as like, you know, like that they're capable. And she's like, yeah. oh, it's like cute that you guys think like I'm this, this strong. I'm like, oh, you are though. Like, yeah, you did it. Like you did fine. That's awesome. Um, and I think a lot of people have more within them than they think. So you're so encouraging. I wish you like told me, like, tell me that all the time. So I don't need you're to. stronger. Than you I don't need to. You are strong. <laughs> you know you're strong. Uh, I love how you guys are supporting other people's strength and showing them how strong that they are. We know how hard that you guys work for this business. So to any aspiring entrepreneurs or makers who may think that you are some unicorn example who got lucky with timing or your opportunity in the place, what would you guys say to them? So definitely, I mean, like luck is kind of like what you make of it, but I definitely don't think it's luck by any means because like there's been so much struggle behind the scenes that no one sees. And like mm -hmm. there's so many meetings Bo and I have where we're just like, yo, we got to like risk it all and like change everything we're doing right now. Um, I think that we take way more risk than anyone would ever imagine. Mm. So. And I would say this, you'll never find the right time. Like for us, it's like mm. financially, we'll never be ready. Like when we like left our full-time jobs to you know, pursue this wild company, we weren't financially stable. We we're just like, all right, this is what we want to do. So yeah, definitely take risk. You have to be uncomfortable in order to get comfortable in what you're trying to pursue. What are you going to do? Love that. I love that too. I often feel like timing 
it's just like an, uh, an excuse that a lot of us kind of fall back on. Like, oh, it's not the right time because we're not ready to make the big jump or take the risk. So I love that you guys said that. This quote I read the other day said, the best way to get ahead is to start. Small things feel like you're risky because you're putting yourself out there and you just have to start. And like, sometimes you have to make bad art to make art, just do it. So yeah, I like, I like that. Don't use the excuses. It's always going to feel like a risk, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't take it. Yeah, for sure. Just the other day we had a conversation where it's like, I don't know if it's the right time to like do this next step of the business, but then it's like, well, when is going to be the right time? Cause I feel like some of these things have been pushed off for six months or a year. I mean, the artist series is one thing that we've been talking about doing for like two years. And then we finally just started doing it and it's been very well received, but mm. now our next step with like, you know, updating our showroom and like updating our website and the furniture lines that we're building out. It's like, yeah, it doesn't seem like the right time to do because we're really busy with a lot of other stuff. But if we want to be doing this in the future, we have to start doing it now. And mm-hmm. there's always a lot of self-doubt and no matter, I think, where you're at. And I think we realize that we just have to move forward on things. Otherwise, they'll never happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the hustle never ends. I think a lot of people see our business from the outside and think like, oh, you guys are crushing it. I'm just like, like, I'm like, yeah, the hustle. <laughs> I was like, we got into this part, but it's just like, we're still working five times as hard from when we were working in our garage seven years ago, 10 years ago. How long has it been? Seven. Seven <laughs> years ago. Oh, so when, I mean, I'm sure you've had plenty of struggles you can think of, and I'm sure you've learned from all of them, but do you have any examples that are were just kind of the pinnacle of maybe what you feared might happen or something you couldn't predict, but working out for the best or at least being something you learned from do you have any learnings you want to share organization stay organized i think that's the biggest thing that mm. i was hard. like yeah i was like i don't know i feel like in a way like, yeah i like tune that out <laughs> like you know like and not dwell on it but yeah um there's just it's, like there's i think the biggest thing keep, about running a business. keep the lesson not the trauma yeah and running a business is like an emotional roller coaster like you know within one day you might have a ton of hits negatively but then you'll get like one really good high and like it's a lot of like highs and lows and just like it's, you have to try to like balance that and mellow that out mm-hmm. both ways because it, it gets taxing mentally if you don't. And um, and I feel like a, a couple of weeks ago, we went through like a string of one or two weeks of just everything that could go wrong went wrong. Yeah. Like, you know, we had materials from suppliers, like some of our paints and our stains weren't working the way they were supposed to. And the shop was screwing up some orders that you know, weren't really their fault that they screwed up, but everything that could go wrong went wrong for like two weeks. Man, when is this going to get over with? Mercury was in retrograde, by the way. Oh, that, hopefully that was why. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I don't know anything about <laughs> astrology, so I'm just like, what? I'm like, I'll <laughs> <take> that. <laughs> It'll pass. It did pass. Yeah, I think it's cool. You are extremely flexible in the highs and lows that come along with the job, but you're unflinching and unmoving in your stance on your values and what your business model is really based on. No, I say, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just like, we talked about this the other day, Bo and I were doing a design thing. We just said internally, it's like, you know, like, it'd be easier for some of these things if we like, didn't use some sustainable materials here and there. But like, I think we really realize like that's what makes us different than I would say pretty much any other company that we know of in the country. So like, you know, it's more of a challenge the way that we work and the way we build things, but it's a huge part of like why we're doing this too. And it's a challenge that we're willing to take on constantly. 
Yeah. It's a forcing function for creativity too, is when you put up that parameter and make the commitment, you're going to be forced to be creative. That's rad. Do you have any like upcoming things you want to share or promote? Like what's new or happening or just any ways that people can follow you? Yeah, the best way to follow us is via Instagram, uh, just at Wilbur Throwbacks. Oh God, and for projects, we have so much going on in the pipeline. Like I said, the Philly house, springtime, that will probably be flooding our Instagram feed. Um, what other projects are well, we in have the works like right now? Two new furniture lines that... Oh, yes. Um, we have this lath collection that's coming out. Um, it's actually really cool because the material that we're using this collection is material from the Philly house. So while we're renovating all of the lath, um, which is pretty much behind the plaster walls, we're designing furniture using that material. And then our second collection is called the Hardwoods, is which we are making a series of coffee tables, console tables, end tables using gym flooring and flooring from houses. Cool. Wow. That's so exciting. So those are two two collections coming in the pipeline. Yeah, and these are like our first like real furniture collections. Yeah. So. I mean, I love doing the one-off, but having a more streamlined collection is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, especially when the the interest is there and everyone needs this kind of stuff and people are looking for ways to find something that's beautiful and functional, but also that's not made from raw materials. Perfect. We hope they want it. <laughs> <laughs> they want it. I want it. I do too. Yes, me too. Yeah, and if you're local, we're open on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., I run Saturday, so I'll be at the store, and so will Ginger the shop dog. So uh, definitely pop on by. Don't forget your mask. <laughs> yeah, and that's Hamtrack. Hamtrack. Ham Hamtramic. Hamtramic. Okay, great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Eleven five hundred Joseph Campo. Awesome. Yeah, it's a cute little neighborhood too. So there's a lot of other things to see, like some great, vintage shops. Yeah, vintage shops, bakeries, great Polish and Middle Eastern food. It's a very diverse community. So yeah, definitely come on by. Awesome. I can't wait to do so. Cool. Hey, big thank you to both of you for making time before your work day today. We really appreciate it. It was great to chat with you and learn more. And you definitely have inspired the entrepreneurial little seeds in my brain, but also just even for this project, it's always good to hear this stuff because it's scary to start. So go follow Woodward Throwbacks on Instagram and you can follow us on Instagram as well at greenish.podcast. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Have a good day. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. If you're interested in learning more about Woodward Throwbacks, we have some great links in our show notes. And if you'd like to leave us a review, that would be amazing. We're still pretty new to this, so every review helps. Greenish is a podcast produced by Life Studios with original music by Devin Anderson. This episode was produced by Bethany Scully, Cecily Krieger, Elon Stribling, and myself, Caitlin Lovell. Again, thanks for listening. Until next time.